0: psalm 115 if you care to know will be month 42 week 181 and uh, as far as hours are concerned 125 father in heaven as always we start the service with a quick prayer just to clear our minds to get a blessing from you to allow us to approach the word of god faithfully and collectively and uh, conscientiously we thank you father god for our salvation we give you thanks that we are safe in the beloved thank you so much for a perfect one-off blood atonement and the word of god speaks about being safe in the hands of the father and in the lord jesus christ please bless this psalm we give you thanks for carrying us over the last three and a half years and this has been the longest study to date for me every sunday and by the grace of god we haven't missed one sunday in the past 181 weeks so please bless today's recording And be with us, Father God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Amen. So Psalm 115, 18 verses. And uh, let's get busy and break down this brand new psalm. Amen. Not unto us, O Lord, not unto us, but unto thy name. Give glory for thy mercy and for thy truth's sake. Go to Luke chapter 9. This feeds partly into discipleship service, which uh, isn't an easy subject to really preach on the spirit is willing amen but the flesh is weak and uh, the word of god says if we say we haven't sinned we make him a liar but if we confess our sins he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins so on and so forth luke chapter 9 luke chapter 9 look at verse 23 and he said unto them he said to them all if any man anybody will come after me let him deny himself number one and take up his cross daily, number two, and follow me, number three. We call this servitude, we call this discipleship, and it's not easy, of course, because we all want to walk with the Lord, we want to get a blessing, we want to serve him, we want to really understand what it's like to uh, walk with him, please him, but the flesh is always pulling us back. Keep your hand and go back to Psalm 115. Not unto us, O Lord, so in the context, the Jews are petitioning Jehovah, Not unto us repeated again but unto thy name give glory why is that for thy mercy and for thy truth's sake we need you to help us out lord god we are a small community a tiny flock surrounded by heathen and we need you to to take care of us because without you we can do nothing and again luke 9 23 and he said to them all without exception if any man will come after me let him deny himself which is incredibly tough. And take up his cross daily somebody once said you don't put yourself or you can't put yourself on a cross somebody has to do that for you which is very true going back to we are crucified with christ in the present tense take up his cross daily not just once in a while daily and follow me we follow christ we don't follow church go back to psalm 115 again verse one not unto us O lord not unto us but unto thy name give glory For thy mercy and for thy truth's sake so due to the lord's mercy and due to his truth we need you O lord to help us out because like i said a few minutes ago we without you we can do nothing look at verse 2 but our god is in the heavens he hath done whatsoever he hath pleased the idols are silver and gold the works of men's hands they have mouths but they speak not eyes have they but they see not they have ears but they hear not noses have they but they smell not they have hands but they handle not feet have they but they walk not neither speak they through their throat this goes back to idolatry which as far as i am concerned is the most serious of all sins but go back to verse 2 wherefore should the heathen say where is now their god so the heathen are into idolatry found in verses four, five, six, and 7 into 8 go to 2nd peter chapter 3 please and you've got two groups of people as far as the old testament would be concerned you've got the jews and the heathen the gentiles and paul speaks about the church the jews and the gentiles three groups of people and uh, we always tell people in the streets you cannot sit on the fence you are either for the lord or you are against him 2nd peter please 2nd peter chapter 3 Second Peter chapter three and uh, look at uh, verse three. Knowing this first, that there shall come in the last days scoffers, walking after their own lusts, and saying, "Where is the promise of his coming? Where's the rapture? Where's the second advent?" You people have been predicting his return since the days of Augustine, which is true. Since the days of Howard Camping, which is true. Since the days of all sorts of people, and they like to rub this in our faces. Where was the promise of his coming? Since the fathers fell asleep like died all things continue as they were from the beginning of the creation. These people accept there was a creation which means there was a creator. They acknowledge there was a start date uh, because of course everything is breaking down it's not uh, getting better it's getting worse. Knowing this first that there shall come in the last days like right now scoffers mocking making fun, ridiculing, walking after their own lusts they are filled with their own wicked unclean spirits and saying shouting as loud as they can where is the promise of his coming there's your town atheist but since the fathers fell asleep going back to days of adam all things continue as they were from the beginning of the creation that's what they were saying during the days of noah and old noah was a righteous preacher go back to Psalm 115 and he preached 120 years and uh, nobody got saved just his tiny family go back to verse Ah uh, verse two please wherefore should the heathens say pagans infidels unbelievers where is now their god very personal not where is god but where is their god in the context where is the jewish god where is jehovah shalom but now our god very personal our god switches from their god to our god paul says he preached uh, he would preach my gospel and the word of god says our father which art in heaven again this is a very particular book we're going from a jewish dispensation to a gentile dispensation but our god is in the heavens the cross is there are seven heavens but the word of god says there's only three heavens just very briefly if you jump into a helicopter or into a plane you are in the first heaven if you go into space you're in the second heaven and if you go far north you're in the third and final heaven which is where paul would go where is now their god Going back to mocking and scoffing, 2 Peter chapter 3. But our God is in the heavens. He hath done whatsoever he hath pleased. So, in a sense, if it wasn't for revelation, we'd have no idea who God is or what he is. And he is minded, if that's the right word to use, to reveal himself to us. Because if he didn't reveal himself to us, we'd be just uh, scrabbling around trying to work out who God is and what God is. You can be saved without the Bible, but you can't grow without the Bible. You can know of God without the Bible, but you can't know him in a personal sense, unless you have the Bible. And that's why we are Bible-believing Christians. We walk by faith, not by sight. Let's break down verses four through to 8 Their idols, going back to statues and stones. Numbers, I think it's 36, speaks about the Jews going into the land of the pagans and tearing down their pictures. Talking pictures, you think back to the silent era late 1920s or even before that, Charlie Chaplin Buster, is it Buster Keaton? Keaton. Buster Keaton, all those uh, silent actors and of course the uh, the audio came in in the late 1920s, Lauren and Hardy the uh, Marx Brothers and uh, the Three Stooges they all came of age uh, but the, the point I'm trying to make is the talking pictures is really the, t- the, the birth of this new movement, the birth of the decline of mankind you think to the 1940s you had the hayes commission and hollywood and the hayes commission were set up to clean up hollywood to cut out jc omg or innuendo specifically mm. you look back to the 1930s some of those black and white movies paul moon uh, paul muni and uh, edward robinson uh some of those films are pretty uh risque women half dressed and of course that got cleaned up 10 years later but uh, there were people trying to push back mm. In the 1940s and in the UK we had a couple of people we had uh, Mary Whitehouse Lord Longford trying to clean up uh, television but of course you can't clean it up it's an avalanche and by the late 1960s JC OMG nudity pornography it was everywhere you couldn't stop it so for the Old Testament the Jews were told to go into Canaan which of course they did clean out the land which they did and also rip down the altars of shrines and the pictures which all over the place if you go into a garage or a garage, if you're in the US, there's pictures of half dressed women uh, all over the place. You go into a police station, up until recent times, or a fire station where men are all working together. Again, pornography is all over the place. And that, of course, is an idol. But uh, this text speaks about physical objects, which is the downfall of so many Christians. Their idols are silver and gold, the work of men's hands, crude and completely unacceptable first john 5 says little children keep yourself some idols that's john the elder speaking to the church right at the end of his life right at the end of the new testament and of course idols can be people it can be your husband it can be your wife it can be your church it can be your ministry it can be your bank balance it doesn't have to be a literal idol that you will bow down to i was always surprised when i first got saved how many evangelicals had pictures of jesus on their walls, I was always quite surprised. I was quite surprised to see Peter upman drawing pictures of Jesus when I first got saved, with his wonderful short talks. So and nobody questioned it. And they say, "Well, James, we're not worshiping the image. That's not the point. You're not allowed to picture God Almighty. Whatever you think he looked like, he doesn't look like that. Whatever Jesus looked like, you're not told. Whatever you think you look like, you're not told. You're not allowed. You're not permitted to paint him. So cut it out. The idols are silver and gold, the work of men's hands. They have mouths." But they speak not eyes have they but they see not They have ears but they hear not noses have they but they smell not they're useless they're deaf dumb and blind they have hands but they handle not feet have they but they walk not neither spake they neither speak they through their throat they are mute they can't communicate so sometimes unclean spirits come along and use those objects to speak to the ignorant you think about india or pakistan or bangladesh You've got Hinduism, especially in India, and it's such a powerful religion. It's all over the place. And uh you have these animals walking onto uh the tarmac at the airport yeah. and and are allowed to go onto the plane yeah. if they should so wish, because they believe that those animals are once upon a time human beings. They believe in reincarnation. So that they are like unto them. So is everyone that trusteth in them. It's like paraphrase, but verse eight That they make them alike unto them. Says everyone that trusteth in them. Go to Isaiah 40. Let's see now. Isaiah 44. I've noticed in recent months and years. That a lot of evangelicals. Are not only crossing over to Catholicism. Which is pretty sad. Or orthodoxy. Like the Greek Orthodox Church. Like uh, Hank Hanegraaff. Just one example i've noticed not only are people going over to rome or uh, the orthodox church what did i say isaiah 44 but they're also getting into idolatry and even more worrying is those that are well known and not being called out Have you noticed this you're not finding people calling out hank hanagraaff for having statues idols uh, pictures of so-called holy people or images of the lord jesus christ with his mother mary and uh, another sign of apostasy i'll discuss that more in a few moments isaiah 44 let's pick it up in verse 9 they that make a graven image are all of them vanity empty worthless useless and their uh, delectable things shall not profit short term perhaps but long term absolutely not and they are their own witnesses they see not nor know that they may be ashamed hath formed a god or molten a graven image that is profitable for nothing going back to aaron shamefully caught up in the golden calf incident behold all his fellows shall be ashamed and the workmen they are of men let them all be gathered together let them stand up yea they shall fear and they shall be ashamed together go to the book of revelation very briefly So i've been trying to reach out to people over the last little while i'm doing research on islam at the moment and i've almost finished the second psalm not second psalm surah two some muslims call it quran one being chapter one uh, quran two being chapter two and i'm still trying to learn the lingo but i think it's surah one surah two and surah two is a big old book i tell you it's a big old chapter and i'm making notes as i go through this quran on my desk at the moment and i'll do a video or maybe a book or an article later on and i'm watching all these guys online doing some great work christians exposing islam but i've noticed two or three of these guys and i'll discuss these more at a later dates are into the catholic church the orthodox church which is very puzzling because the the catholic church and the orthodox church especially the catholic church are pro-islam this is the uh this is the contradiction that you find in certain circles just very briefly if you speak to catholic apologists like uh, carl keating or mitch packard the jesuit priest or people such as that scott Hahn, the ex protestant turned catholic they'll preach a pretty hard message to uh, to lure catholics in, or to to lure christians into the catholic fold and they'll say things like uh, there's no truth outside of catholicism there's no salvation really outside of catholicism but what they won't tell you is in their catechism and i got it next door it says that those that are the righteous those are the good those that are the just and it includes the jews the muslims the atheists the pagans are going to go to heaven anyway without faith in jesus christ they don't tell you that and i've watched over the years with absolute amazement how many christians going over to the catholic church thinking that they have to to be saved when their own church teach from 1994 that all good people quote unquote are going to make it to glory without faith in jesus christ and even more in recent times these protestants going after islam and rightly so exposing it to get muslims saved because of course we don't have a problem with muslims but we have a problem with islam like we've got a problem with catholics we have a problem with catholicism uh, we have no problem with jews but we do with judaism all these works-based religions they can't save you and to watch these protestants doing great works many times in arabic speaking to muslims in their own mother tongue and then turning around and endorsing church councils or holding hands with the catholic church or the greek orthodox church not realizing that the catholic church endorses islam again it's like an own goal revelation 18 please so the context from psalm 115 is idolatry and like i say it can be your husband you put him on a pedestal, your wife your children your grandchildren but we're looking at this from an historical point of view going back to idols images groves of course absalon was guilty of this and absalon is a good type of the antichrist let's stay on track revelation 18 let's pick it up in uh, let's see now 20 rejoice over her thou heaven and ye holy apostles and prophets for god hath avenged you on her babylon has been destroyed chapter 17 and 18 just very briefly going back to ecclesiastical babylon economical babylon and a mighty angel took up a stone like a great millstone and cast it into the sea saying thus with violence shall that great city babylon be thrown down and shall be found no more at all Now watch it and the voice of harpers and musicians and of pipers and trumpeters shall be heard no more at all in thee and no craftsman of what sort of craft he be shall be found any more in thee the sound of a millstone shall be heard no more at all in thee now i'll say this very briefly the term craft can be in reference to witchcraft or the craft like freemasonry and i have to discuss this during my daniel study but go to acts chapter 19 and the context here more specifically is dealing with a terrible sin which destroyed israel and it knocked solomon sideways and he died prematurely solomon and of course, this goes back to worshipping other gods and uh, images and idols, so on and so forth. I oh, want Acts 19, please. Uh, let's see now. Acts 19, 24. For a certain man named Demetrius, a silversmith, which made silver shrines for Diana, brought no small gain unto the craftsmen. In other words, they were very wealthy. This is why the Catholic Church were not... Uh, prohibit the use of statues pictures idols of the saints mary the lord jesus christ john the baptist and here's another quick footnote just to say that when you come across people advocating praying to those that are dead they believe they are in heaven but of course they have no idea that they are in heaven for example you'll find people saying let's pray to We'll say saint christopher for example or saint jude for example or any of the famous saints but of course here's the the the, the, the truth of the matter you have no idea whether those people are, were even saved let alone in heaven i mean your church tells you they are saved you are a catholic you don't know that for sure and you're praying to people on the assumption that they are saved number one in heaven number two and can hear you number three and you're not given any evidence of that in scripture look at verse 27 so that not only this our craft we say occupation is in danger to be said at nought like nothing but also that the temple of the uh, but also that the temple of the great goddess diana a type of mary in the catholic church for today should be despised and her magnificence should be destroyed whom all asia whom all the catholic world worshipeth 35 when the town clerk had appeased the people he said you men of ephesus what man is there that knoweth not how that the city of the ephesians is a worshiper of the great goddess diana if you get a chance look up the word pray or prayer in the oxford dictionary and it says to pray or to prayer pray or to pray or prayer but excuse me to pray a prayer means to petition another deity another deity and that's why catholics worship and petition mary and the saints as deities without even realizing it comma and of the image which fell down from jupiter i'll give you one more go to uh zachariah so unfortunately people are going over to the church of rome they've been bewitched found also in the book of uh, revelation and going over to the orthodox church they want more light you see they want more substance of course christ and the scripture should, should be enough for them but of course he and they because uh but of course he and the word of god are not enough for most people Zechariah 11 please Zechariah 11 and uh look at verse 15 and the lord said unto me take unto thee yet the instruments of a foolish shepherd like a bishop for lo I raise up a shepherd in the land which not visit those that be cut off doesn't care about them neither shall seek the young one nor heal that that is broken nor feed that that standeth still be shall eat the flesh of the fat and tear their claws in pieces going back to uh, most people in organized religion those that run the churches the institutions are very prosperous and uh, very powerful but watch it 17 woe to the idol shepherd i-d-o-l idolatry woe to the idol shepherd that leaveth the flock the sword shall be upon his arm and upon his right eye his arm shall be clean dried up and his right eye shall be utterly darkened that, that of course is in reference to the antichrist go back to psalm 115 please psalm 115 No time to discuss the Antichrist this morning. Psalm 115. The idols are silver and gold, verse 4. The work of men's hands. They don't just fall out of the sky. Somebody somewhere has created such idols. Going back to the Catholic Church, Greek Orthodox Church, Russian Orthodox Church, parts of evangelicalism. It's all over the place and it's an abomination and it will ruin you if you don't get out of it they have mouths not real mouths but they have mouths carved but they speak not eyes have they little holes but they see not they have ears but they hear not noses have they but they smell not this is man's crude attempt to picture god gods or whatever is important to them eyes noses Hands seven but they handle not feet have they little cute things but they walk not neither speak they through their throat and that should be enough to kill this sin once and for all but of course it's big business and that's why the catholic church uh, had no interest in martin luther's call to repentance and reformation because of course when a good thing is going you don't call it a day do you you should but you don't going back to the sin of compromise They that make them are like unto them. That's pretty devastating. So is everyone that trusteth in them. Nothing's more sad than watching a professional man or woman uh, going into a closet and praying to a statue and speaking to a statue. They wouldn't do it publicly, they'd be laughed at. They do it privately, they think it's a pious thing to do. And you've got people watching outside, you've got uh, believing spouses or believing siblings. Uh, observing family members praying to statues idols pictures and just to ripping their hair out to such an embarrassment and abomination look at verse 10 oh house of israel tribe of levi trust in the lord don't go down the same path here's their help and their shield go to romans 11 please romans 11 and uh look at verse 20 25 for i would not brethren that you should be ignorant of this mystery previously unknown but around in type you think of a murder mystery show they always copy the bible don't they mm-hmm. of this mystery lest you should be wise in your own conceits that blindness in part not complete it's happened to israel and to the fullness of the Gentiles be in. This goes back to Nebuchadnezzar arriving in Jerusalem, Daniel chapter 1. And of course, he rounds up the Jews, takes them back to Persia. That begins the Gentile dominion over the whole world. And even to this day, Israel is still governed by the Gentile nations. I've said this many times over the last maybe two or three years, but even to this day, uh, Germany, Britain, America still control Israel. The Iron Dome that protects Israel is funded by the Americans. Germany still gives uh, Germany still gives Israel an absolute fortune every year. Britain, more soft diplomacy. But if the Gentile nations were to, were to withdraw support from Israel to Mars, she'd be flat on her face. All she sells is fruits, vegetables. She has the IT world, of course, flocking into Israel after the so-called pandemic. But by and large if it wasn't for the gentile nations who are still calling us shots israel be a third world country going back to their rejection of their blessed savior look at uh uh, let's see now Uh, 26 so all israel shall be saved not all without exception but all without distinction most of the jews will fall during the tribulation I think only a third will actually go on to be saved. As it is written, they shall come out of Zion the Deliverer and shall turn away ungodliness from Jacob. Revelation speaks about uh, Israel called uh, Sodom and Egypt. In Hebrews chapter 3, it speaks about not all Jews left Egypt. Some Jews stayed back in Egypt. Would you believe that? You've got Moses and Co. destroying Egypt over seven or eight plagues. And the whole country is being crippled from top to bottom and incredibly some jews didn't want to leave with moses and Aaron. john 6 6 6 count the sixes says, it says many of his disciples walked no more with him it's a great mystery why people hear the gospel entertain it partly indulge in it and with it but then say no it's not for me and they stay in egypt moses and Aaron and for today's sodom and egypt book of revelation it's their free will of course it's their own funeral of course but uh, it's pretty sad really for this is my covenant unto them verse 27 when i shall take away their sins Let's go back to psalm 115 psalm 115 10 again O house of israel trust in the lord quit your idolatry get in line you are the priest class for the children of israel he is their help and their shield ye that fear the lord trust in the lord here's their help and their shield go to the book of ephesians please ephesians chapter six the last chapter and let's have a look now six and i want verse let's see now Verse 16, actually, yeah, uh, 616. Above all, taking the shield of faith wherewith you should be able to quench all the fiery darts of the devil. This picture of a first century soldier, go back to Psalm 115, having to be on the defensive and also the offensive. The latter part is very offensive to people. Most believers don't want to be offensive, like push forward. They'd be defensive, but not offensive in the sense that they don't want to push forward. You have to be on the offensive, you have to push forward. You can't just, uh, you know, wave the old white flag and say, Jesus loves you, John 3, 16. Sometimes you need to get your hands dirty and get up close and personal with the enemies of the Lord. Not in a physical sense, but in a spiritual sense. Look at verse 12. The Lord hath been mindful of us. That term mindful is mostly used in political circles. They say the minister is minded, or the prime minister is minded, or the president is minded. It's like a legal term it's like he's legally obliged he's minded and the lord has allowed himself to be mindful of his people that's quite a statement i mean he creates us out of nothing from the ground of course but initially from nothing and now he's mindful of us incredible the lord hath been mindful of us in the context children of israel he will bless us he will bless the house of israel uh-huh he will bless the house of Aaron. go to hebrews chapter six hebrews chapter six one of the problems when it comes to witnessing to muslims and also jews is what they'll do is if you get them in a in a corner they run to the arabic and of course most uh, people don't speak arabic it's a powerful tool that or the muslims or the jews run to the hebrew again it's a powerful tool isn't it so i've seen many debates in recent weeks of jews debating gentiles jewish rabbis Run into the hebrew knowing that most of us don't know hebrew and we can't respond and i've seen many muslims running over to the arabic to silence the the Kufurs, as they call us so it's a blessing when you come across people online who speak arabic who are believers or those that speak hebrew who are believers you go back to the dark ages the catholic church would use the latin to silence their critics because of course most people didn't speak latin during the dark ages but most people couldn't even read or write during the dark ages and for today if you go to bible seminary they'll throw the greek at you they'll say do you speak greek i mean fluently coiny greek and most people don't and that's why it was imperative to give the world an english translation of the bible a perfect bible because of course we have a perfect god who gave us a perfect gospel who gave us a perfect blood atonement hebrews chapter 6 please and let's pick this up in verse let's see now 13 for when god made promise to abraham because he could swear by no greater he swore by himself saying surely blessing i will bless thee and multiplying i will multiply thee and so after he had patiently endured he obtained the promise for men verily swear by the greater and an oath for confirmation is to them an end of all strife wherein god willing more abundantly to show unto the heirs the promise of the excuse me to show unto the fathers to show unto the heirs the promise the immutability of his counsel confirmed it by an oath. The term immutable means unchangeable. <coughs> Excuse me. Wherein God, 17, willing more abundantly to show unto the heirs the heirs of promise the immutability of his counsel confirmed it by an oath, that by two immutable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, going back to Numbers 23, we might have a strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay hold upon the hope set before us which hope we have as an anchor of the soul both sure and steadfast and which entereth into that within the veil whither the forerunner is for us entered even jesus made an high priest forever after the order of melchizedek but the verse which really highlights is verse uh, 13 but when god made promise to abraham because he could swear by no greater nobody's more powerful than god almighty he swear by himself saying surely blessing number one i'll bless number two and multiply or multiply these He so have got two blessings thrown at the jews back to the days of abraham which have continued throughout the centuries the millenniums go back to psalm 115 please look at verse 13 he'll bless them that fear the lord both small and great fear sounds like a negative thing which of course it is but you teach your children to get out of the kitchen don't you when the oven is on or when you have young children going to school the fire brigade go to the schools they say you don't play with matches or for today, we say this uh, don't have a computer a smartphone or laptop without an antivirus because you might get a virus you may get hacked and nobody gets upset when you speak against such reality uh, which affects all of us online hackers uh, people taking over computers and of course it's so easy to do so but when you go into the streets and you say you better repent and get out of this or get out of that if you are believers caught up in adultery verses 4 5 6 7 and 8 and many people are caught up in adultery excuse me idolatry and also adultery spiritual adultery but in reference to idolatry and paul says that idolaters will not inherit the Kingdom of God. Corinthians chapter 6. You don't hear much about that particular sin, do you? Idolatry. I think it was maybe 10 years ago or so, John Haggie got egg on his face and he was doing uh, some show, as it were. It's, it's, it's just a show, basically. These guys put on a show in Texas and uh, he made a fool of himself. He made a statement which upset the Catholic Church. And uh, because the pushback was so strong, he had to apologize, had to eat his words. He said, why would that be the case? Because he had business interests with the Catholic Church. In the US, a lot of radio stations are owned by the American, uh, owned by Americans, owned by the Catholic Church. I think it was, uh, what's that guy in, uh, what's that guy with the voice smiling? Joe Olstein. Joe Olstein did a big auditorium somewhere in the US. About two years ago, And it turned out that this uh, big football stadium was owned by the diocese, the Catholic diocese. And old Joel, who's so ecumenical, always smiling, that fixed grin is so uh, revolting, started to make statements uh, in defense of his uh, booking, basically. And uh, nobody said a word because, of course, most churches are ecumenical now, going back to these Christians going after the Muslims and some going after the Jews. Not physically, but spiritually, and yet their churches that are behind them are pro the Jews in the sense of being saved without Jesus. They're pro the Muslims, being saved without Jesus. I mean, you couldn't make the stuff up, could you? Talk about a divided house. 14. The Lord shall increase you more and more, and He has done. You and your children. Go back to Isaiah, please. A lot of good stuff in the book of Isaiah, and uh, Isaiah 29 let's see now 29 let's pick it up from uh, 29, uh, 18, 29 18 29 and in that day shall the deaf hear the words of the book and the eyes of the blind shall see out of obscurity and out of darkness the meek also shall increase their joy in the lord and the poor among men shall rejoice in the holy one of israel that term holy one is jesus christ it's not mary again going back to the catholic church's catechism and i've got it i read it don't say i haven't i've got it i read it i know what i'm talking about they call mary the holy one blasphemy she's not the holy one she's only holy in the, in the sense that we're all holy through the new birth the word saint means holy incidentally 20 for the terrible one is brought to naught and the scorner going back to where's the promise of his coming is consumed and all that watch for iniquity are cut off watching tv surfing the net watching what they shouldn't watch that make a man an offender for a word and lay a snare for him that reproveth in the gates and turn aside the just for thing of nought therefore thus saith the lord who redeemed past tense abraham concern in the house of jacob jacob shall not now be ashamed neither shall his face now wax pale but when he seeth his children the work of mine hands In the midst of him, they shall sanctify my name and sanctify the Holy One of Jacob, and shall fear the God of Israel. Going back to, not for us, O Lord, not unto us, but unto thy name, give glory, mercy for thy truth's sake. I'm back in the 115th psalm, look at 24. They also that aired in spirit shall come to understanding, and they that murmured shall learn doctrine. In the last days they won't endure sound doctrine. Go back to Psalm 115. So they, there's there's a great promise there for the Jews that they will get saved, and it says how all Israel shall be saved, but like I just said a few minutes ago, not all without exception, or without distinction. You've got to rightly divide the word of truth. But verse 15, please. Ye are blessed of the Lord which made heaven and earth. Go to Genesis this time, please. Genesis chapter Fourteen. It's somewhat of a cowardly thing to do, to run to the Hebrew, to silence the Gentiles. I know why they do it, because it's a powerful tool, like I say. But uh, thankfully, we have been blessed as a body of Christ to have some Hebrew, Arabic, and even Greek-speaking scholars uh, to help us out. But the truth is, the King James should be enough for all of us. I mean, the word of god says he's put his word above his own name people don't realize that sometimes they say what's well, a good translation but 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 no it's the only translation you're gonna get on this side of heaven we spoke to a guy a few weeks ago on the streets he's a former jehovah's witness and he's using the new king james talk about irony he turns around and says to me but king james was a filthy man and starts listing a litany of sins against king james i thought but you're using the new king james <laughs> i mean you're a fool you know you are not even listening to what you're saying anyway uh genesis 14 please 14 19 and he blessed him again and said blessed be abram of the most high god possessor of heaven and earth and blessed be the most high god which hath delivered thine enemies into thy hand and he gave him tithes of all that's a controversial statement tithes we'll get that this morning come back to psalm 115 but there we are uh abraham is being blessed by nebuchadnezzar excuse me by uh, what i'm saying by melchizedek Nebuchadnezzar, by uh, Melchizedek. And he's a mystery man, Melchizedek. No time to discuss him this morning. Without mother, without father, without descent, neither beginning of days nor end of life, but made like unto the Son of God. When we say this, we say, You look like such and such. You're not that person, but you look like that person. And you watch these people online trying to silence Christians and just overthrow the deity of the Lord Jesus Christ. They think they found something worthwhile. And of course, they are making fools of themselves. You are blessed of the Lord, and they are. Which made heaven and earth? There's no evolution uh, found in Scripture. Look at verse sixteen, 115, verse sixteen. The heaven, even the heavens, are the Lord's. But the earth hath He given to the children of men. Go to Genesis chapter one. Now, what you're find with evolutionists, as I'll say this, there's a discrepancy between Genesis one and Genesis two. What they don't realize is that Genesis one gives you the creation of the entire world. And Genesis 2 gives you the uh, accounts of the garden. Adam in the garden. They don't understand the Bible, you see. They make fools themselves. Because they're willfully ignorant. It's not because they haven't been educated. It's not because they are, I don't know, unfortunate or this or that. They are willfully ignorant. And because of that, the Lord just uh, blinds them in a spiritual sense. The heaven, even the heavens, three like I say, are the Lord. Now watch it. But the earth hath he given to the children of men. This goes back to those that like to go to the uh, bottom of the ocean bed. Or they like to fly in spaceships into space. Genesis chapter 1. And uh, technically speaking they are trespassing. To go up or to go down. Uh, But uh, Genesis chapter 1. Let's pick it up in verse 26 and god said the word is elohim plural here in the singular and god said let us make man in our own image after our likeness let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle you've got air sea and land and over all the earth all the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth no mention of space so god made man in his own image in the image in, in the image of god created he him man and female Created he them. And God blessed them, and God said unto them, Be fruitful, and multiply, and replenish the earth, and subdue it, and have dominion over the stars and the moon. No, over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. Now, the apostles were fishermen, they were experts when it came to uh, marine life. And as far as I can remember, going back over the years, studying this particular subject, it wasn't until quite recently that you could swim deep, deep into the ocean. Uh, the apostles would probably swim on the surface of the sea if they had to, but to go really deep into the sea, you couldn't do it up until about maybe 100 years ago. Uh, the Navy in the old days would put you in a sort of space suit, pump oxygen into your uh, headgear, lower you into the into the sea, and keep pumping oxygen so you could breathe. Because, of course, you're not made for the sea. You're not made for the air. You can't fly. And uh, up until recently, I think, when you trained to be a pilot, especially during World War Two, they took your teeth out. Yeah. Because the pressure was so great in the cabin. Now, of course, you are all fly on holiday. We don't think much about it. Mm-hmm. But I think it was Luf- Lufthansa yeah. were the first in the 1960s to really, or maybe make that the 1950s, they were the first airline to make it uh, commercial to fly you know, on a short haul trip but uh, strictly speaking to go into the solar system the second or third heaven is uh, out of bounds but verse 28 one final time and God blessed them and he did and God said unto them be fruitful and they were and multiply and they did and replenish the earth which they certainly did do and subdue it hold it down and have dominion authority over the fish of the sea not uh, go into the lower part of the uh, seabed. Because of course you can't survive. Just uh, take, the, take the fish. At uh, surface level. And over the fowl of the air. You can bring the birds down if you need to. Bow and arrow. And over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. Go back to Psalm 115. So one final time. 115. 16. The heaven. Even the heavens are the Lord's. Not man. But the earth hath he given. It's a gift. To the children of men. Now, I appreciate we've all benefited from modern technology. I saw a preacher many years ago smashing up a television online using some uh, pickaxe, some uh, sledgehammer, and he was saying this television is of the devil. And television, of course, television, vision, going back to visions, going back to uh, idols, images, and there's a point to that statement television. He says television. Is of the devil, so on and so forth. I thought, yeah, but you're making, uh, you're you're using television, Uh, you're, you're using that platform to reach people. And satellite television, all the Christian networks around the world, CB, let me think, CBN, God TV, Revelation TV, they all use satellite television to beam their message around the world. So it's not all wicked, don't get me wrong, but the Lord wants man on the earth because, of course, Christ dies for the sins of the world. He doesn't die for what takes place the third second heaven. The atonement takes place on the earth, outside of Jerusalem. So I appreciate verse sixteen, and I've heard some sermons back in the late night in the late nineteen sixties when man went to the moon, before my time, and they were saying this is wrong. You know, man shouldn't be on the moon, mugging, uh the surface of the moon, and uh, the moon reflects the light. And of course, that's a picture of Christ. I thought, yeah, it's an interesting sermon. It sounds somewhat dated now. Uh, because of course we all benefit from modern technology but there's a point to make here that the earth is the Lord's given to mankind but the heavens belong to him specifically so he's delegated the earth to mankind but the heavens are his going back to his home going back to his dominion going back to not all are going to be in heaven those of you which own your own property you don't let anybody into your house do you you're very picky aren't you and uh, that's just how it is and God's very picky who goes into his home that's why we, we, we go from being uh, uh we go from being uh, servants to uh friends to uh, sons of god to co-heirs talk about a level of promotion 17 let's finish this psalm the dead praise not the lord Neither any that go down into silence now this is a tough passage because on the surface uh, it gives the impression that uh, when you die that's it kaput there's no more uh, activity for you and if you are annihilationist like the jehovah's witnesses the Christadelphians, and some other uh, minority groups i'll say that when you die if you're not saved you cease to exist but that's not what the text says look at it again the dead praise not the lord doesn't say they don't speak doesn't say they don't feel doesn't say they can't see it's that the dead praise not the lord which makes perfect sense they're too busy burning screaming and shouting neither any that go down into silence they're just second death now there is a level of confusion here when it goes back to when it concerns the subject of death and most people go to luke 16 verses 19 to 31 which is a very powerful passage in scripture and i take that to be a literal passage of two people that died around the same time one was saved one was not and you got this conversation taking place between abraham and the rich man And there's many passages back in the Old Testament, too many to count, where they are speaking in hell. And you've got a couple of accounts in Isaiah, when they see the devil arrive. And it says they they look upon him narrowly, like with a sort of squint. Is that the man that made the nations to fall? So on and so forth. That's the first death, not the second death. At the second death, you become like a worm. You find that in Mark chapter 9, and you find that in Isaiah 66. The second death is the second and final death. That would be a picture of that is a picture of total darkness, which is terrifying. In a lake of fire, which is also terrifying, unable to speak, because of course you are like a worm. Worms are blind. So the issue of trying to reconcile a lake of fire and uh, being cast into outer darkness is quite easy. A worm is blind. That's a picture of a, of a lost man's soul at the second death which nobody really wants to talk about when it comes to Christendom. They'll always run over to John three sixteen and say hell is separation from God. That's from Billy Graham. They've all copied Billy Graham. That's far more than separation from God Almighty. I spent 21 years doing street work. Most people that I speak to are unbelievers and are quite happy to spend forever away from God. They spent 50, 60, 70 years away from God. It's no big deal for them. That's not what hell is. Hell is a burning lake of fire the dead praise not the Lord why would they They're in great pain and torment they can't even speak incidentally neither any that go down into silence weeping and and gnashing of teeth and of course there's no literal teeth in hell we understand that we're not gonna be guilty of letterism but I'll say something very briefly if you've ever studied those that are in car crashes we knew a chap many years ago he was in a car crash lost his legs he was a very bitter man, understandably so. He was a Catholic, for memory, mm. and he said to Patrick many times over the years, he said, "I still feel my feet, yeah. but his feet had been completely cut off in the car crash, in the motorbike accident. He was a, mo- he was a motorcyclist. He had stumps, had stumps, mm. and but he still felt the pain in his in his legs. Yeah. What's going on? Well, there's two ways to answer that very quickly before we run, before we run over time. The first is they'll say you're feeling your nerve endings that's what uh, the doctors say nerve endings okay that's partly true but you think about that text over in uh, let's see now revelation 6 it speaks about the souls under the altar and they are crying out to god and they're wearing clothes so i believe this that the soul our souls are bodily shape so for example if you are a man five foot ten you're soul is five foot ten you can't see it it's invisible to the human eye but your soul lives on forever of well, your lady five foot one five foot two five foot three that's the size of your soul When people say this i've been in a car crash i can't feel my feet well you may have lost your feet physically but your soul is still there and that's what burns for all of eternity so the term the term uh, weeping and gnashing of teeth yes your mouth If you will is 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 uh it's crushing you know it's 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 uh, going up and down you know it's a picture of being absolute torment you think back to that scripture in the book of acts where uh paul speaks to one of the kings and uh also back in daniel it says i think it's daniel 5 it says belshazzar's knees his loins they you know they crashed they smoked together Mm -hmm. picture of great fear so we'll leave it as it is no need to run over to the hebrew and fix this up or try and spiritualize it it says what it means and it means what it says the dead praise not the lord self-explanatory neither any they go down into silence second death they're going to burn for all of eternity what a terrifying thought but we'll bless the lord from this time forth and forevermore praise the lord go back to isaiah and we'll close so what you've had this morning i hope is a balanced bible study trying to be honest and keep things uh straight and simple i I can't stand trickery i can't stand people running over to the greek the hebrew and trying to get out the text what's not they'll show off their great brains it doesn't help anybody and it just makes you feel inferior if you're not apt to languages isaiah 26 uh peter 13 O lord our god other lords beside thee have had dominion over us Even to the day, if you're not saved, you are slave to sin. And uh, the lords can be physical or spiritual, but by the only will we make mention of Thy name, the name of Jesus. Every knee will bow, every tongue will confess. They are dead; they shall not live; they are deceased; they shall not rise. Therefore, has Thou visited and destroyed them, and made all their memory to perish? What do they say? Out of sight, out of mind. Thou hast increased the nation O Lord Thou hast increased the nation Thou art glorified Thou hast removed it far And all the ends of the earth So we even leaving a positive statement That the Lord is blessed Psalm 115 verse 18 But we will bless the Lord Amen from this time Forth and forevermore Stay positive what it say? Think positively Isaiah says those that think on the Lord Have perfect peace Perfect peace that's beautiful and forevermore praise the lord our lord our god other lords, uh, other lords besides other lords beside thee have had dominion over us but by thee only will we make mention of thy name that's the way to look at this i think of the name of the lord jesus christ hebrew says to consider him to meditate on him to worship him and also he's our older brother and god is our father and you can't beat that with a stick as they say let's close it there amen amen and uh, come back next week and uh, look at psalm 116